welcome to One Quick Thought. There's a question I've been asking myself that has to do with vulnerability, which is a topic that, you know, I've been on and working on in my own life and sharing with others and sharing with you guys out there. Remember, at Spirituality, our goal is to make sure everybody gets a personal relationship with God, that they experience the fact that God loves us, that God's interested in us, and that God has a plan for our lives. That that's the good news that Jesus brought, that the walls are coming down and we can have an intimacy with God. And yet, to have an intimacy with God, to be close to God, to really know Him and feel Him personally, we have to be vulnerable. And if we're vulnerable with God, it'll lead to vulnerability with people. It'll lead to a great confidence to let down the walls, to remove the shields, and, and let not only God in, but let people in. But why are we afraid of vulnerability? Well, vulnerability, as we talked about in a previous episode, as described by Brene Brown, is vulnerability is the core of all emotions and feelings. To feel is to be vulnerable. And to believe vulnerability is weakness is to believe that feeling is weakness. And so it's easy to feel really weak and exposed when we're vulnerable because we can be hurt. If we look at biblical vulnerability, biblical vulnerability is about thoughts, motives, and emotions. It's difficult to expose and reveal our truest thoughts, to share our deepest motives, even to be aware of our deepest motives, and then to let the emotions that we experience not only be expressed, but to make sure we understand them and how our thoughts and our motives affect our emotions. That's a part of being deep in our spirituality, not just following rules, but really being able to get into the heart of who we are as a person. What are the thoughts? What's on our mind? What are our motives? What's on our heart? And how do those affect our emotions? Biblical vulnerability, I would say, builds on what Brene Brown has talked about so eloquently, but it's, it's more in a sense because it's about having a relationship with God. God wants to know our thoughts. God wants to know why we do what we do. He wants to know our motives. And God is very, very much into how we feel, what our emotions are, and helping us have healthy emotions, not dark emotions. And so why are we afraid of vulnerability? Well, there's a word that I think all of us are probably familiar with. I know I've lived it too much. Pride. Great Scott. I know, this is heavy. Pride is afraid of vulnerability. Let's take a look in Psalm 10:4. The wicked are too proud to ask God for help. He does not fit into their plans. Now I remember it, well, not just remember, even now I feel this way. One of the things that hit me is, I don't feel like I'm a wicked person. I mean, I'm not sure there's many people walking around in the world going, I'm a wicked person. Who wants to be a wicked person? Um, no, it's not me. Yes, it is you. Nobody wants to be wicked. Nobody thinks they're wicked. Nobody intends to be wicked. So I had to deep, dig deep down and look at what is being wicked in God's eyes? It's being against God. Being against God, God wants. That's what wicked, wickedness is to not believe in, to, to be opposed to, to be against God. And many of us say, I'm not against God. I'm not, I'm not wicked. Well, many times we're against God when we simply say, I don't need to rely on him. I can rely on myself. I don't need him. And I don't think anybody else needs him. Now, I'm not gonna say that we're this deeply wicked criminal. That's what a lot of us think about when we hear wicked. We think, I'm a, I must be a criminal, I should be jailed. No, 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 no. Let's think of it more as, I just have no place in my life for God. I don't have time for him. He's a pain. He just makes me feel guilty. I don't wanna talk to him. I don't wanna pray to him. God takes that as hurt. God takes that as distance. And God takes that as, no, we, that, that's not a good relation. We don't have a good relationship. And one of the things it says when we get in that position where we don't see a need for God is we're too proud to ask him for help. Have you ever been there? I've been there. I'll never forget going swimming at a birthday party when I was young. The father hosting the party for his son, 
said to everybody, okay, we're gonna have a swimming party because they had a swimming pool. And uh, he said, I just want you to raise your hand, let me know if you can't, uh, if you can't swim, and I'll give you a little life preserver, a little floaty to carry on with me, you, and I think I was about eight years old. And I sat there, and I looked around, and nobody else raised their hand, and I couldn't swim, but I was like, no way, I'm raising my hand, because I didn't want to be the only person raising their hand saying, I need help, give me one of them big balloons to tie around my head. And so I was like, I'm good. And so I started getting in the water with all the other kids, and we were eating and playing, and I was having such a good time. I remember I was in the water bouncing around and having a good time, and then all of a sudden, I didn't know it, it had a short cutoff, you know, not one of those sort of pools where it slowly gets deeper. It was like you took a step and boom, you were in the deep end of the pool and I went down. And I never forget going down in that water and trying to swim. You, you ever try to swim when you can't swim? I can't swim. You can't what? I can't swim. How old are you? Six. I was like, I'd watched enough TV. I knew how it looked to swim. So I tried to, started trying to look like I could swim. Unfortunately, that did not get me to the top. And I remember in my brain, I'm starting to go, uh-oh, I'm in a jam. And all of a sudden, I felt these hands grab me and pull me up out of the water. That's pride. I was too embarrassed to say I can't do something. I was too embarrassed to say I'm not as good as the other people. It really wasn't true that I wasn't as good. I just didn't know how to swim yet. It wasn't long after that, my parents put me in a swim class, which was a good thing. Pride doesn't want to ask for help. It doesn't want to be vulnerable. On that day, I didn't want to be vulnerable and say, I can't. I don't know how. You know, we all have problems. God's got an answer to those problems. But in order for God to help us, we have to share our thoughts. We have to say, hey, you know what, God? I can't swim. We have to share our motives. You know what, God? I'm embarrassed to tell anybody I can't swim. And we have to share what those emotions are that are affected by those thoughts and motives. And what are those emotions? I spend a lot of time being insecure and embarrassed about myself and feeling less than other people. And I don't want one more moment in my life where I have to say I'm less than other people. Who hasn't experienced that? And I don't know about you, but I experienced that as an adult. And I work with people all the time who experience that, who are over the age of 40, 50, 60, 70. So even multiple decades can't take away the reality that as human beings, vulnerability is a really, really great challenge. And so what we wanna do going forward is we wanna be able to no longer be afraid of vulnerability. How? John 3, 16, 17, remembering this, God loves us, God is interested in us, God has a plan for us, wow. and so that is good news, and we no longer need to be afraid to be vulnerable. We no longer need to hold on to pride because he wants to know us just as he are, and he wants to pull us up out of that water so that we'll be able to go ahead and learn how to swim instead of be embarrassed that we can't. That's one quick thought.